Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show on ESPN. We are here, gang. All the waiting is over. Week one of the NFL about to kick off. And we have got you covered. We've got you back. Ben Isaacs dropping by to look at some of our favorite games from the week one slate. We'll be hearing from Ben in just a minute. And if that isn't enough, keep your ears peeled. You say keep your ears peeled? Well, I just did. Keep the focus on for this weekend because we're dropping edge rush on Saturday. More preview for week one. Me and Propo getting into all the key matchups that we think could give you some value could give you some edge so we got you back today edge rush between the two shows you are all set for the first week of the nfl the 2021 nfl season ready to roll and so we so let's get straight to it with the brilliant ben isaacs benedict isaacs good to see you my friend how's life it's excellent. I mean, it's it's finally here. It's been a long wait for NFL regular season games. Uh, it was snowing uh, in outside my house the last time I watched a proper competitive NFL game. It is now scorching hot. And also my enthusiasm is scorching hot now. I can sense that from the tonality of your voice. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were particularly upbeat, not because the, the season is starting and we are going to get into... Week one, actually, including we're going to we're recording this Wednesday. We're going to sneak in a little Thursday night football preview. So if you're listening to this on Friday, you can laugh at how wildly wrong <laughs> we were with how we thought that game was going to go. But we're going to pick out a number of games on the slate on Sunday, and it's an intriguing week one slate. They always are. I think start of the season in particular, so much hope, so many twists and turns. But we're going to get through as many games as we can that have particularly piqued our interest. But I thought you were sounding particularly chipper and upbeat with the news that Drake. He's getting involved with the ESPN Monday Night Football broadcast, curating the music, no less. Um, I can't say I'm that thrilled about that. I'm a, I, I cannot believe how frequently Drake can put out music. Um, I'll, I'll give him this. He is consistent and he is very hardworking, but it's it's not my it's not my favorite music tie up um with sport recently because rock nation have got involved with ah. urc which is the i think it's the united rugby championship which is that's amazing i know it's it's the rugby competition that takes in wales scotland ireland italy south africa 
So just, I love the idea of like kind of Jay-Z rocking up to kind of like Newport versus Treviso um, to do a halftime <laughs> show in front and of 4,000 people. Instead of the ROC, the URC, yeah. <laughs> that's bound to happen. He's bound so, to drop I, that. I'm I love this synergy. Drake curating uh, the, the playlist. Is that the equivalent of the celebrity who is given um, a six-figure sum for being a, a consultant on something where they look at it for 25 to 30 seconds and say, yeah, I like that. I don't like that. I'll see you later. I'm not suggesting I am a company man. I've got no inside intel here, but I wonder if it is a little bit. Well, it's a little bit, it is a little bit like that because my um, wife was having a conversation with with a colleague who who told her that um, Victoria Beckham had designed a car. Mm. And I think it was that they brought Victoria Beckham in and said, you know, do you like these lines? Do you like this shape? And she would have gone like, mm-hmm, I guess so. Brilliant. You've designed a car. In a, in a remarkable parallel, that is basically how the running order of this show is prepared. So Ollie uh, <laughs> Thornton, our producer, puts it all together, waves it in front of my nose 30 seconds before we record. And I just say, yeah, OK, that's it. what we're going to go with. Yeah, I, the, the running order is often when it comes from Ollie, it is a spectacular work of fiction yes. um, and bears no resemblance to anything that you will then listen to. Speaking of Prop O, our uh, uh, to our producer and, of course, my co-host on the Edge Rush show, we're dropping Edge Rush uh, this weekend. So that should drop Saturday morning. So if you're looking to get your edge on for week, the week one action, uh, check in on there and we'll uh, deep dive into some of the lines, some of the, the best bets we think uh, are out there in week one. We'll get into that all in good time. But Benny, we are going to look at the week one action from a slightly different perspective. Let's start with Thursday night football, the opener, the big Dak Prescott back for the Cowboys. So they are full of optimism. They've got a freewheeling offense on paper. Not a huge amount resembling a defense, but they're not worried about that one. They're going to rock up 50 points a game every week. Are the Cowboys going to be amongst the most exciting teams to watch this season, do you think? Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm, I'm very much excited to watch this Dallas Cowboys team all season, not just, not just this Thursday night opener. They were involved in so many fun games last year, and I, there were there was at least one ridiculous Cowboys game when when you and I were doing the the radio show on Sunday nights that it just you could not take your eyes off it, and they were like that for a lot of the season, mm. and then Dak went down, and then it then it wasn't like that. It was it was painful to watch at times the the Cowboys offense with Andy Dalton. We'll get on to Andy Dalton. Um, but I think this this Cowboys offense is primed to be as thrilling an offense as there is in the NFL. And I can't wait to see it. I The, the Bucks, though, I mean, they, I feel like the, the Cowboys are running into a bit of a brick wall mm. here, not just in terms of kind of um, Bucks defense, which is very, very effective, but just the, this Bucks team is... It's just so solid. It's just it's so, so there are I, to me there are there are no real holes in that box roster which you can't you can't say about the Cowboys. They won't be as exciting as the Cowboys, but my God, they'll be effective. They should have a field against this this Dallas team. Let let's be be clear on our, our criticism of, of the latter. Right? It's it's couched in the fact that there is a fair amount of unknown quantity about the Dallas team because there's a lot of youth in there. It could surpass expectations. It could surprise a lot of people and, and step up and actually be a more efficient unit than, than many had given credit for. But it's unlikely, certainly this early on in the season, conversely, this is a, a Tampa offense, well, on both sides of the ball, both units returning all their starters is, is well documented. But on the offensive side of the ball, you've got a complete off season that Brady's had now on the back of obviously last year, which he didn't have before all of those pieces coming back. Is there a chance that some of the key protagonists within this Tampa offense, and I know it's easy to suggest that once you've managed to secure a ring, if if you've never done it before, that even if you're doing this subconsciously, you don't have the same hunger, the same appetite year on year. Um, most of the time, the hardest thing about repeating, I guess, is the dismantling of a of, an, of a franchise, right? Of, of the team, the coaching personnel, coordinators, they're in vogue because the team did well. People cash in, players cash in on, on free agency deals. And so you're mm, 60, 70% of where you were year on year, right? And, and you don't have the same mojo. 
That isn't the case, obviously, with the Bucks. But is their edge going to have gone slightly? Do you buy into that argument a bit? No, I don't. I think, if anything, as Tom Brady gets older and he realizes that 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 championship window that has been open for two decades is going to close, I think he just gets more desperate. And I mean that in a good way of kind of a desperate Tom Brady, where he's 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 the leader of that team. And can you imagine anybody... Anybody in that organization thinking, oh, well, I've got, I've got a ring now. I can chill. When you've got Tom Brady there who just collects them like kids collect Pokemon cards. In the weight room at five past four in the morning. Exactly. Exactly. The one thing, the one thing they've got going against them is that they were, and I don't like to use the word kind of lucky with injuries, but they were lucky with injuries last year. They were sure. one of the healthiest, if not the healthiest team in the entire league. And usually... You don't get that happening two years in a row. It's just kind of how these how these things work. You get freak injuries. You just get those sort of things. They don't have the youngest roster in the world, and the older players are more likely to suffer an injury. I would say just that is the biggest issue they face, simply the fact that they won't be as lucky and won't be as healthy um, as they were one year ago. But if they are, then forget it. They may as well book their place in the NFC championship game right now, because on paper, there's no way that there are two teams better than the box in the NFC. Well, they got Dallas uh, as an opener, Atlanta, the Rams and new England. Uh, after that, the Rams and new England can be tricky because they're both road games as well. And, and they're both, I feel anyway, going to be, be serious teams this season. Followed up by Miami, Philly, Chicago, and then at New Orleans. So they could be sitting by Halloween or just after Halloween. They hit the bye week then. Washington, the Giants, Indian, Atlanta after that. I mean, they could be, they, they could be already a playoff team by early December at this rate. I mean, yeah. and, you know, that is going to be even more of an edge for them. So the Bucks week we're clear on. Hot take number one, the Bucks are going to be good. <laughs> but we know that. And we know they're going to be there or thereabouts. And, and it'll be fascinating to see how fluent this offense is out of the gates. Uh, and I'm really interested to see, to see that and see all of these pieces having had the benefit of a, a complete off season, as, as I say, and of course the, the benefit of, of a full championship winning season behind them. What about Dallas? Where do we think, not specifically this game, and it's a hard ask and they are, uh, you know, over a touchdown dogs in, in this one, where are Dallas going to play out? Because they've got amongst the easiest divisions in, in the NFL they have this white hot offense, even if their line isn't as complete and as formidable as great Cowboys offensive lines of the last, you know, 10, 12 years, it's certainly uh, not going to hinder them. They are going to be able to put up points on, on most teams, but where, how do they play out then? Are you seeing them as a playoff team and are you seeing them as a, a potential contender to get some mojo rolling in the playoffs? I do see them as a playoff team because I, I see them as the as the favorite in the NFC East. That offense alone should do it. And I don't think I don't think the defense is terrible. I love Michael Parsons, the Ooh. linebacker they picked in the in the first round. Do you love him because of all your deep seated college knowledge, or do you love him because of hard knocks? <laughs> uh, he's, he on. has been he has been entertaining me on hard knocks. <laughs> I love him because of hard knocks. Um, but no, I loved it. I loved him before that. In fact, he he was drafted just after um, Justin Fields was drafted and mm. whatever whatever time of night that was in in the uk i then got a call from ollie thornton the producer here of course saying you know please come on the radio and talk about justin fields so five minutes later i was on the radio and that's also when michael parsons was being picked so before i even had the chance to gush about justin fields i was told right okay please talk to us about michael parsons michael parsons. tried to get michael parsons on that radio show michael parsons didn't pick up his call so he took like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and they were getting michael parsons on to talk about me yeah so um michael parsons um who didn't play who didn't play last season he he sat out um because of mm. covid um he was rested up he was phenomenal uh, of Penn State before then. He would have been phenomenal last season if he had played. He is absolutely outstanding. He is going to be one of the best linebackers in the league within a couple of years. He is going to be a young leader on that on that team. Penn State have put out some fantastic players like him who are surprisingly, surprisingly intelligent, who just 
they seem to just get everything. If you get a good Penn State linebacker, they can they can run your offense. And mm. I think Mike Parsons is going to be the cornerstone of that defense in years to come. I think he's got a good chance to be defensive rookie of the year, and he's got a good chance to elevate everyone around him to turn that defense into a pretty good defense to go with a fantastic offense. They're a playoff team. I don't know how far they would go in the playoffs. Personally, I just think they're a little bit thin in certain areas and they lack some depth, but this should be a playoff team. If they don't make the playoffs, then the questions have to be asked unless it's Dak going down again, in which case that's a, that's a whole new question. But if this team stays reasonably healthy and doesn't reach the playoff or doesn't, or makes the playoff and just lays an egg mm. in the first game, then I think Mike McCarthy is going to have a lot of questions to answer. As a fan, would you rather have your team narrowly miss the playoffs or make the playoffs, have all that expectation and then get shellacked in wildcard weekend? Well, as, a, as properly blown out of the water. Um, if they were going to get absolutely destroyed, I'd rather just miss out and you feel like, okay, Let's take momentum into next season. Whereas if you get destroyed in the playoffs, mm. you have to just really stew about that and feel like, oh, we are so far away. If you just miss out, let's say like the Dolphins just missed out last year, you could feel like, oh, if one game had gone our way, who knows what an impact we could have made in you know, the tournament. Whereas if you go in and you, you get your, your butt handed to you, then you, will, you are just riddled with self-doubt. Okay, so we're, we're big on, on the Bucks, like everyone else in the entire world. But the Cowboys both seem to be big on as well, particularly the offense. So as I say, you're listening to this Friday lunchtime, possibly as the Cowboys put up six points in the season. Yeah, in a 6-3 win. Inevitable. inevitable. Uh, oh, yeah, a 6-3 win, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Browns Chiefs next up. Now, two bona fide contenders in the AFC, of course. The Chiefs, much like the Bucks and, and Vegas's outlining this pretty clearly that they are the two favorites in their respective conferences again to to win it all again and square off it in LA now it would be extraordinary if we had an identical super bowl but you never know the browns are amongst those upstart teams in the AFC you throw the bills in the mix here as well the ravens uh, of course too that are going to run the chiefs close we think so this will be a fascinating battle not least as well because the browns have got so much to be optimistic about a lot of consistency and cohesion offensively of course there is a real belief that baker mayfield has turned a corner and he's never going to be a top tier quarterback in the nfl but he feels year on year to have taken significant steps forward to be marshalling a side with so much talent around him that is good enough. He's good enough to, to get them where they need to get to. And defensively, of course, Ben, they've re-upped quite significantly in the offseason, flashing the cash and the checkbook uh, out to pick up a lot of shiny free agent signings. So they are demonstrably stronger on the defensive side of the ball. They are like the Cowboys, laden with talent offensively. Unlike the Cowboys, they've got an even stronger offensive line, you would argue, one of the best units in the business. So mm -hmm. how high are you on the Browns this season and the Browns to lay down a marker in week one against the AFC champs? You know, just thinking about these week one games, it's like any, any week of the NFL season, it feels like it's a buffet. And, you know, you're, you're going round and you think like, oh, I love that. And you pile it on your plate. Ooh, I want a, I want a bit of that. And <laughs> you might see something and you're like, Ooh, no, no, no. I'm going to avoid that. There's not a lot to avoid. You won't, I'm, I feel like I'm really piling a lot on my viewing plate. Do you bring your own weekend. plate partridge style? Oh, you've got to, you've got to bring a large plate and large yeah. ladle. Yeah. Um, just in case. Got to get, got to bring a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I do love a buffet. Um, one of the downsides of COVID is that, you know, there have not been buffets going on. Anyway, um, the Browns, I am high on them. I'm high on them to really, really push the Chiefs, really push them. In, in this game and in this, in the in this the game and, and over the course of the season, you know, the Browns are a legit playoff team. They are one of the, let's say, one of the four best teams in the AFC, which yeah. I think is. It's, it's a big compliment because the, the AFC is laden with fantastic teams. Mm. I don't think this is a game they're going to win. 
I what they need to do, and I, I know that there's, you know, they won't feel like there's a moral victory. They've got to keep this close. And that sounds like I'm kind of damning them with faint praise. And the thing that worries me is there were games last season, a couple of times where they played a team that made the playoffs. Now, I should say the Browns were, I think, four and three against teams that made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But in a couple of those games against playoff teams, they got blown away, like by 30 points. And if teams that make the playoffs don't tend to lose multiple games by 30 points, I think as long as they keep this close, because this is this is their toughest game of the season, I think, you get this one out of the way and keep building. And I expect it to be close. And I really, you know, the Browns were a lot of fun to watch last season. Mm. And they've, they have improved. They've improved a lot. We'll see if Baker is taking the next step. I think the phrase you used about good enough is exactly right. He doesn't need to be Patrick Mahomes. He's just got to be good enough. And when the time has come, he has been good enough over the past year. Expectations have now been raised. Good enough won't just be, you know, making the playoffs now. Good enough will be making the AFC championship game, which is still a tall order because of the talent there is on other teams. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I think the Browns are going to push them and give them as much as they can handle. And it might be we come out of that game, even if the Chiefs win, asking more questions about Kansas City than about Cleveland. We may feel, okay, Cleveland have shown their credentials and we can see what they're capable of. And maybe we'll see that the Chiefs aren't as as obvious a nailed-on favorite to win the AFC. Tell us about Greg Newsom, their first-round pick. Greg Newsom is, I was, I wasn't surprised that they picked him. Um, when I was doing, um, when I was doing some mocks, he was someone who I had mocked to them. He is, he is fast. He's the way that what you tend to see when it comes to sort of his speed is not just the speed with his legs, but the speed with his arms. So there'll be, there'll be points in this game where you will, you'll see him break up passes or potentially make an interception and the swiftness with how he how he moves his arms to get them to get them in position Mm. and that might sound like a crazy thing but trust me when you watch the replays you'll you'll see what i mean he's a great cover corner he is aggressive he hits hard he makes plays and i think he's i think he's going to be really really good i think they got great value getting him at 26 because they've really tightened up the secondary, of course, Troy Hill and John Johnson from the Rams. We were chatting about the Rams a lot with Greg Rosenthal earlier in the week. Go and check that pod out if you haven't already. It's sitting there in the vault, the great Greg Rosenthal. And we were uh, hyping up the Rams and discussing the impact that losing those two players in particular, uh, and Michael Brockers as well, defensive with the Rams, is going to have on the unit. And Greg's argued, well, it's such a well-run and defined identity within that team that they'll survive it. They're good players, but they'll survive it. But within that, we're discussing Johnson's role within the Rams as a defensive leader and uh, a play caller, adding, again, uh, to me, another very important layer into this rebooted, all-new Cleveland Browns. You know, this is... uh, Everywhere you look, this feels like... Uh, a championship contender. If you look at the coaching, if you look at the leadership that they have now on on both sides of the ball, the maturity, the upside. So Odell Beckham most notably springs to mind. And I know that people are still pouring scorn on and joking that Beckham's going to have uh, deriding him another abject season. But I and I've I've been uh, playing this record a few times on the show over the off season, Ben, as you know, but I would not surprise me at all if Beckham has a comeback season and 1100 yards and eight, nine touchdowns. Right. So there's a huge amount of upside here, a tough ask. And you make a great point that when they got blown out last season, uh, Pittsburgh blew them out of the water. Uh, They gave up a huge amount of points, of course, uh, in the second game against Baltimore, uh, although they ran them close to the season opener against Baltimore, another game, 38-6, just just smashed out. So they want to try and avoid that, although in the end, it didn't affect them as a playoff team last season, but it might have had more significant psychological uh, impact in terms of their opportunity as an AFC winning contender. What about the Chiefs? The O-line, of course, was where they looked to concentrate on after getting manhandled in the Super Bowl. And there were lots of reasons why that happened and lots of reasons why there was such uh, change and uh, discordancy within 
that particular unit for uh, the Chiefs. Nevertheless, that is what they've completely keyed in on. Have they done enough, do you think, there? And, and more broadly, is this enough of, uh, is there enough continuity, enough uh, enough talent? They're obviously going to be a playoff team, the Chiefs. Is there enough talent, though, given how strong some of the other AFC contenders have become for them to be there or thereabouts again, do you think? I think Mahomes, because he's such a special talent, is able to elevate those offensive players around him that on other teams would not be would right. not be such big stars. Um, Aaron Rodgers style. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And those those sort of players are few and far between. And he right. is already clearly slap bang in the middle of all that. They've got a talented offense, but it's not it's not like a ridiculous all star roster it's that he will make these players look even better than they are Clyde Edwards Hilaire I think he is due an absolute breakout year I think we're going to be talking about him Mm. a lot this season and I think he's that sort of player I like what they've done with the offensive line but my god they had to do something you know that offensive line cost them a Super Bowl Mm. if they had a good offensive line I think they probably would have won that game but they didn't it was bad and Mahomes could not you know, could not do anything. If you give Mahomes time, he will destroy you and you will lose. That is a, that is a simple fact. If the offensive line does its job, then this is a 14, 15 win team. If they don't, then it's probably a 12, 13 win team that will then have a problem in the playoffs. Mm. Now, there, it's the AFC playoffs and it is way away. We are looking at January. It are going to be brutal because of how good a lot of these teams are are top to bottom mm. and that's that's the worry because the the chiefs had such a fundamental problem in the super bowl offensive line if you don't have an offensive line that can do its job you will not you will not reach your peak anywhere near so even patrick mahomes can't be patrick mahomes behind a makeshift offensive line if they've got that right then look out because the afc championship will get played at arrowhead in january do you like the Chiefs for this one in the Open? And the Open's are hard, I know, for all kinds of reasons to call. They were maybe one of the hardest weeks in the season to call. Well, that's why you've got that's why you've got me, the, the professor here, because who else could who else could figure these things out? Um, I do like the Chiefs. You, the supercomputer that Mike Carlson often goes head to head against, and of course, uh, Ollie uh, Propo and his uh, deep diving research, and we'll get into that on Edge Rush because he he just gets everything right on that show. So between the three of you, well, well, throw Mike in there as well. The four of you, we should be able to get something wrong. I I think so. I do like the Chiefs. For this i think i think this is going to be a really good one even even among a slate of games that just looks absolutely off the charts good Mm. this one is obviously right up there i i don't think it's necessarily going to be super high scoring but i think it's going to be back and forth i think it's going to be very close but i think that offensive line is going to hold together and that will be enough all right let's stay in the afc go to dolphins pats next this one's in foxborough at foxborough Obviously, a significant game in the AFC playoff picture and certainly in the AFC East division. Neither of them are expected to win that division. The Bills are the favorites. They've got, they host the Steelers. We'll, we'll talk about that game in a bit. Uh, of course, the Dolphins have, in recent history anyway, a, a good record against the Patriots, even when they have been uh, relatively, uh, relatively weak teams. Uh, and this time around, of course, it's a very different narrative because the Dolphins are the ones going into the season with a lot of hope and expectation. And the Patriots clearly are year on year. And again, it's a tune I've been playing on the show in the offseason. I'm big on the Patriots. I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I feel more confident about the Patriots playoff chances than I do about the Dolphins chances. But as producer Ol was making the point uh, for ahead of today's show, there are a lot of new faces to acclimatize on on both sides of the ball here for uh, for New England, but of course, particularly offensively. And there are some seasoned vets with Jonu Smith and Nelson Aguilar that know what they're doing in the NFL. Josh McDaniels is amongst the most effective and seasoned coordinators and a strong sense of identity. It looks like they're going to go uh, and play a lot of two tight end formations and play the 12, and that's what they're going to concentrate on. And with Mac Jones as a rookie quarterback, that's a nice and comfortable offense to be rolling into, right? When you've got those comfort blankets and you've got a ground game that they're going to lean on, but enough weapons as well, particularly if there's eight in the box against them. So it feels as though it's a challenge to be rolling with a rookie quarterback week one, 
But for most teams, that would be maybe a bigger problem than it is for this particular New England Patriots. What about you, Ben? Do you feel that the Patriots are going to be slow starters this year or do you think they're going to hit the ground running? I think it's very much going to depend on what they get out of Mac Jones. He played such a different type of offense at Alabama than he will play in New England. It was the offense that the Alabama ran last season was just so wide open. And it wasn't like if, if someone had been in a coma for five years and they were like, they were told, Oh, like, this is how Alabama play now. They'd think, Oh, I've been out for 50 years because they, <laughs> they, they've changed so much with the, mm. with the offensive players that they have produced. And that Nick Saban being the genius he is, the college football equivalent of Bill Belichick can just adapt and be like, okay, these are the players we've got. This is what we're going to do. And now Mac Jones is going to go into something that, Alabama would have been running five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be fine with that because, I mean, how lucky is Mac Jones to go from Nick Saban to Bill Belichick, the, the two greatest coaches in, in their respective mm. spheres. He, and that's an instrumental factor in, in all of this, not just the drafting of Mac Jones, but starting week one is that relationship between Belichick and Saban, right? There is, of course, Belichick will make his own mind up based on what he's seeing in training camp. But there's no doubt there's going to have been heavy discussion about whether he can handle this, whether he can handle being the starter in a team that Belichick clearly feels, given what they've done in the offseason, is contending for a playoff spot. It's a risky move, isn't it? But it must be, in his mind, a low-risk move based on what Saban's told him. Yeah, they'll they'll have been talking all offseason. They'll have been talking before the draft. Mm. So... You know, it it, it, did, it did seem like it was written in the stars as the as the draft first round started to go on. It just felt like, yeah, Mac Jones is going to be a Patriot, and this is this is how it's going to be. And that Bill Belichick, because of the way that Mac Jones just absorbs things like a sponge, mm. Bill Belichick will just mold Mac Jones into the quarterback that he needs. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones is. Jones- Big game player, right? This was a point me and Earl made on on the most recent edge rush. That's something that back in the day was stand out for why they decided to take Brady, right? They Belichick had keyed in and uh, uh, and the guys around him had keyed in on the fact that Brady, whilst he had a bit of a roller coaster at Michigan, wasn't phased in big games. It's a Belichick. It's an attribute Belichick particularly mm. likes. Well, values perhaps higher than others do. And certainly uh, that is bodes well for Mac Jones rolling in fairly comfortably. What do you think, though, if you look at, if we can play this into uh, obviously other rookies starting and we're almost certainly going to see Justin Fields. I know you're clamoring for it at mm. some point uh, pretty soon. Maybe we'll see all five of, of those first rounders with Trey Lance in San Francisco before the season is, is done. What do you think will is the most likely narrative and and uh, and uh, an end game for the the Mac Jones story this season is it going to be an unbelievable one of the great rookie quarterback seasons is it going to be a disaster or is it most likely going to be somewhere in between i think it's going to be somewhere in between but i think it'll play out that Mac Jones is the right guy for Bill Belichick and the system that Bill Belichick wants to run mm. that he will make the patriots a very effective and dangerous team but the, the knock will be how high is his ceiling? Are we already coming close to the best that he can achieve? Unlike someone like say Tua or, you know, someone who's going to be in that game or other rookies like Trey Lance, who will have an incredibly high ceiling, but also has a much lower floor than Mac Jones. I think but also bad... that's not going to bother. That's not going to bother Belichick. And you no, know, no, 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 not Ollie, at all. Ollie made hay about me making ridiculous comparisons with Mac Jones and Tom Brady. But the point is Brady spent his whole career being compared to quarterbacks around it that are more talented. They've got a higher upside. He's not yeah. smart as Peyton Manning. Uh, Aaron, not... Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning are better, pure quarterbacks than right. Tom Brady. Do you think Tom Brady cares? <laughs> I, I, I would doubt it. And if Mac Jones is winning games, I don't think he's going to care about anybody saying, oh, do you know what? He's not as good as Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm not convinced we'll have that conversation personally. Mm-hmm. But I think Mac Jones is going to do very well as a patriot, I think he could be there a very long time. I I just wonder whether we'll whether we'll just wonder is he quite good enough to be in that elite level? Mm. But I would look forward to twenty years of discussing whether Mac Jones is elite as he's got four Super Bowl rings. Uh, one more thing on on the Patriots, and we'll get your perspective on the Dolphins. But this 
the other narrative that is driving me mad, uh, and a, a lot of people are, are spitting out, is that Belichick's extra motivated this season because of <laughs> because of what Tom Brady. I mean, does anybody genuinely believe that? It's extraordinary that you can have achieved everything Bill Belichick has done. You can have this body of work, not just as head coach at the Patriots, but his time as defensive coordinator with the Giants, his ill-fated period with Cleveland, and of course everything he's achieved with the most successful sporting franchise in NFL history, that he's going to be motivated <laughs> to win the Super Bowl this season because Tom Brady left and won a Super Bowl in Tampa yeah. Bay. I mean, he, it's like, as, as we talked about with, um, with Tom Brady and the idea of like the box feeling like they can, they can sit back now. They've won one. Mm. Belichick has never been like that. And bear in mind, Belichick has an absolute pile of rings from even before, you know, he, he was getting rings before he was even at the Patriots. Mm. You know, he, he won Super Bowls with Bill Parcells and, He's always been incredibly motivated to like motivated to a fault. Mm. The idea that anything needs to motivate him beyond the fact that he is Bill Belichick mm. and he wants to win every single game. Like, like Michael Jordan, you know, I, I imagine lots of people watch the last dance. He just, you know, whereas Michael Jordan felt like the whole world was disrespecting him and, you know, wanted him to lose, which was not the case. And he would just find motivation. Bill Belichick just is constantly motivated. Uh, we will know when he's not motivated because he will step away from the game. Mm. Until then, he is 100% laser focused on winning a Super Bowl. He is he's no more he's no more motivated now than he was on the first day that he took the job at the Patriots or halfway through this dynasty. He's always motivated. That's why he is the best coach. Is there a chance that when Belichick hangs him up, he goes into the booth just for one season on Monday Night Football as the third voice? Oh, uh, you'd love put it. that on just on pay per view, and you would earn billions. I would. I love would. It. I mean, I uh, we've talked before about the ESPN documentary, uh, the two Bills. Mm. I, he and Bill Parcells sitting together, where it kind of things would get slightly frosty. The way that Bill Belichick talks about the game. I'm not sure. And you might not, you might, if you just see him in his press conferences and we're, we're on to Cincinnati, you watch those, you wouldn't get this. There are not many people in the world who love this game more mm. than Bill Parcells. And not just because he understands it, but just because he absolutely loves it. And I'd be fascinated to know what his Sundays are going to be like when he, mm. when he does hang it up. Is he just going to be sitting watching? I'd love the idea of being in like a WhatsApp group with Bill Belichick and just like seeing what seeing his takes on a Sunday as everyone's watching Red Zone, that would be. In fact, you could pay for that. Dropping emojis left, right, said yeah. I would love that. Uh, with Miami, I don't like this whole tour situation. All kinds of reasons. We don't know. We don't know what we've what they've got yet with Tua. Ridiculous to suggest that that is. There's a definitive perspective on this after seven games or whatever he's played. They have unsettled him during his rookie season with the whole Fitz thing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rattle that one out again. You know how I feel about that. Mm -hmm. Badly handled. The whole Deshaun Watson thing, I was describing it uh, in in a column I wrote this week as a bit like being at a party and somebody you're talking to is just constantly looking over your shoulder for the next bus to go to come in. Yeah. That must be what it he feels like right now. Like, come on, give me a break, kid. So badly handling tour, which is uncharacteristic for this Flores Greer tag team because they are very much a, uh, an effective head coach and GM partnership amongst the most uh, in the NFL in recent years. And I was critical of some of the moves that, that were made early on there and, you know, the Minka deal and Tunsil going. And I didn't understand that logic of getting rid of core young talent if you're trying to rebuild. But what did I know? Because the draft capital that they put together and the way that the, the team has progressed year on year has been highly effective. But I think the upside or rather the expectation levels for this Miami side this season, I think they're too high. I'm worried. I'm worried that people are too high on the Dolphins. The Jets are going to be better year on year even if they're a four or five win team. The Bills are lights out good. And the Patriots, as I've said, I see them as a playoff team. I think the Dolphins could miss out on the playoffs, Ben. Uh, yeah, I think I think they could just be just because of the competition around them, not because mm -hmm. they're not good enough to be a playoff team, because they were better than some of the NFC playoff teams last year, but just didn't make the playoffs. It's just how these things work sometimes. The the tour situation, bear in mind that the guy had a very, very serious injury 
had to come back, didn't have a proper off-season because there was no proper off-season last year. That's such a difficult situation for rookies to come mm-hmm. into. And then he had he he did play well at times. He didn't always play well, but he's a rookie. He's a rookie quarterback. And people looked at Justin Herbert and said, "Oh, well, two is not doing that." Well, no, he's not doing that. Right. But that that doesn't mean a whole lot in the future. That's a problem, isn't it? There's no doubt it's a problem that when you have a rookie quarterback that plays as well as Herbert did, which is incredibly rare, that suddenly we're forgetting the the context and the comparisons we should be making. It's not necessarily against that season, which was extraordinarily good. It's against every other rookie season of the last 20 years is what we should be looking at, not exactly. Justin Herbert's season. Exactly. And, and take it, if, you've got, if, you, if you must compare those things, then look at how people have progressed year on year after those rookie seasons. Right. I remember watching Peyton Manning's rookie season and he threw a lot of interceptions, but you could, you could see the growth. You could see the development. He set, he set a lot of good records and bad records because he played the entire season. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll see similar things from rookie quarterbacks this year but it was it was clear the talent was there and with Tua it's clear the talent was there and he got he got messed around which Peyton Manning was never messed around but if I could show you some of the lowlights from that rookie season of Peyton Manning and if you didn't know who it was you'd feel like well this guy's a bum he's not going anywhere people want to isolate certain things Tua was in such a difficult situation I think he is going to be a top level starting quarterback I think the Dolphins could be better than they were last year but the problem is they've got the bills there the Mm. Jets like you say are going to be improved the Patriots are going to be so dangerous that division is going to be an absolute buzzsaw to go through Mm. let alone getting through the AFC and it's things like that that would stop them making the playoffs not talent not Tua but just the level of competition the the Bears got into the playoffs last year the Dolphins were considerably better than the Bears yeah situation exactly you put you know you 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 put the Dolphins in the NFC North for a season and they might have won it so you know they could be sitting in the AFC South now and licking their chops. Okay, let's talk about one of the most intriguing teams, I think, going into the season. And that might surprise some of our listeners. I've described in this way, but I see them and the Denver Broncos as two teams that I can't completely work out. And I think could go either way. The Steelers. Steelers, <laughs> and they're at the Bills, so as pretty much as hard a start as it can get. I, and we've chatted on this show, Brooke Pryor, of course, ESPN Insider earlier on in the off season, gave us some really good intel into how much change was it coming for the Steelers. And that's all played out. They don't appear to be a contender because of that change, because of deficiencies in a number of different places, but they have Mike Tomlin. They have Roethlisberger. They have uh, an identity and a cohesion because of that longevity and that, uh, important, uh, important connection between those two and and the organization, and of course they've still got pieces within on both sides of the ball that can that are playmakers that can make a difference, and they're playing in a division which is going to be challenging. But well, I don't know where would you have their division in the pecking order? Certainly around about the middle, I guess. You, mm. would, you, would you place it maybe maybe actually slightly higher if you, if you think about, if we assume both the Ravens and the uh, and the Browns are going to be playoff teams. So yeah, okay, amongst the tougher divisions. So where are the Steelers for you, Ben? Where, where are they landing? Um, it's a bit weird to have this conversation about a team that started 11-0 and 0 last year. Right. You know, they, they looked, they didn't look a perfect team even when they were 11-0. and 0. It, it did look like they kind of papered over some cracks and they got lucky to have that perfect record but they definitely looked like a playoff team and it all started to go south. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago now, but Pittsburgh have made changes. They've rebuilt that offensive line, which you have to applaud because that, that was necessary. I think the key is Najee Harris, mm. uh, the running back they drafted because he is going to rack up the yards. He really, really will. He's, um, he's an early contender for offensive rookie of the year because I think he's going to get the ball so much mm-hmm. and he will get so many opportunities to get to like 1,600 yards or something. And that's going to make life a lot easier for Ben Roethlisberger. You know, we are, we are seeing him in the twilight of his career. There are things that he, he can't do that he used to do. This Steelers team, I'd say... Is it Roethlisberger's last season? Yes. I reckon so. 
I reckon so. I think I think this is this is going to be it. I mean, it's unless they say get to the AFC Championship and they are so close to getting to the Super Bowl, something like that that makes him feel like I've got to go again. Yeah, I think he's going to call it quits. It's either six and eleven. He's he's done. Yeah, he'll be gone. And if they if they somehow they won the Super Bowl, I think he would feel like right. This is this is the time to walk into the sunset as an absolute legend Mm. of the game. I don't see them making the playoffs. Can you say if they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just saying that if like that would be, we all that, if they if they're going to win the Super Bowl, we all know it's Mason Rudolph that's going to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, I I don't I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, although they are a decent team, and I think you know, like I say, Harris is going to make hay. There's just too much. There's just too much going on in their division. I think the Bengals are going to be difficult at times. I think the Bengals are going to upset a few people. Mm. Browns and Ravens will compete for the division crown. Mm. I think the Steelers will just kind of get stuck in the middle a a little bit. But probably the worst thing I can say about them is actually a compliment. I think they're going to be a really tough out. I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, phew, we've only got the Steelers this week. I think they're going to be difficult to beat all the way through the season. But I don't see them kind of getting to 10 games, 10 wins, sorry. And I don't think you're going to make the playoffs if you don't win more than 10. Yeah, I was just, as you were talking, uh, you might have heard some rustling in the background. Obviously, I'm not like uh, producer all up to my neck in graphs and charts and stats and the deep level of research is boxes and boxes of course piled up around the south uh, but i do uh, i have a few bits and bobs in front of me i was just trying to scrabble for their schedule so after buffalo and this is where i think uh, it could be interesting right so uh they got vegas cincinnati at green bay denver and seattle now it depends if you glass half full on denver who i said before i think another team i think could go either way quite uh dramatically uh Seattle, they got Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, the Ch- yeah, not the E because of the divisional challenge, not the easiest of schedules, but uh, yeah, I think it's a tall order to consider the Steelers because they're playing for a wild card realistically to, to be sticky. What do we think is a wild card record now? We've got 17 games, it, it becomes 11 and 6 to be safe. Yeah, I think it is. I think I think 11, if you, you've got to be aiming for 11, anything mm. less than 11, and you're going to require help, I think, in, in the AFC at least. You're definitely in the AFC, yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, let's talk next. Where should we go next? I want to talk Packers Saints, big game, big game. Packers, and we talked a lot with Greg Rosenthal uh, uh, about the pack. So I want to look at more of the Saints here with you. Uh, suffice to say that amongst other conclusions that Greg and I came to, a lot of people can't sleep it on the Packers, right? Because there are Aaron Rodgers controversy. And when I'm hearing about serious contenders, not enough people are looking at the Packers as, as Super Bowl contenders. And I think they very much are. And I was uh, reassured that the great Greg Rosenthal shared that opinion. Where are the Saints? If we're talking about teams that we could go either way. I mean, Jameis could tear up the joint or it could be bad, Jameis. And the Saints are looking at a quarterback situation five weeks into a season and everything's flying off the rails. Michael Thomas is banged up. And this is a, a difficult, difficult start for, uh, for Winston. How do you see this game playing out then? And how do you see Winston's season and the Winston saints playing out? Um, in order poorly and poorly. <laughs> um, I, why so down on Jameis? Um, I've just watched him too much. I it's so <laughs> people people want to talk about good Jameis and bad Jameis, like they used to talk about good Cutler and bad Cutler. Yeah. And at some point, you have to accept there is no good or bad. It is just Cutler. It is just Jameis. Mm. Now, Jameis won a national championship with FSU in a um, what was a, a perfect season for Florida State. They won every single game. He was fantastic, mm. but. He took he he would take risks and sometimes they would come off and sometimes they they wouldn't but they were generally the best team on the field so even if he did something silly and made a mistake they could work around it in the NFL that is that much harder and for this this year's edition of the Saints that is even harder because they are not more talented than most of the teams and certainly are not more talented than than Green Bay uh, Green Bay really caught a break here mm. because you know as well as anyone what the Superdome is like, and it is a massive home advantage. To be playing the Saints and have them play 
a outdoors and b not even in the state of louisiana is it puts the saints at a massive disadvantage on one of the hardest games that they've got anyway and they've got they've got plenty of hard games Jameis winston is the best quarterback on their roster but if he is their starting quarterback next season then either he's proved us all wrong or something has gone wrong at the saints that they've not been able to not been able to move on from him. I wish I could say that he was going to be a good starter in the NFL. I don't think he is. I had my doubts when he was drafted. I felt like he just made too many mistakes. Even even when he played well, he would just make too many mistakes, too many errant throws, too many bad decisions. And I feel that is that is the Jameis Winston way. They need they need a quarterback. They're not going to replace Drew Brees. Not really. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a legend. But they're going to have to get someone better. This is going to be a lost season for the Saints. Oh, I didn't even have to ask my next question then. Uh, If uh, that is a damning indictment for the New Orleans Saints. All right, Ollie, clip that one up when they are. (laughs) And the Saints are heading to the Super Bowl on that particular show. On our first Super Bowl preview show, the Saints are going. We're going to drop that. Uh, Jameis Winston, league MVP. (laughs) We're going to keep all of that, my friend. Don't you worry about that. Uh, I I understand where you're coming from. I I, I would not surprise me if it plays out exactly as you've said. But this is the thing, and, uh, and by no means uh, are the, uh, the Saints, Jameis, the only example of this. It wouldn't surprise me if he had another 30 touchdown season, but had cut the interceptions by 15. They were a playoff side. He was throwing 74-yard bombs. And so I could see him playing, and maybe, maybe it could be a combination of the two, flashes of brilliance, but ultimately close but no cigar but I, I am really fascinated to see them and really fascinated to see that game but I think in particular oh Aaron Rodgers and co are gonna show oh. they're gonna be bringing it this oh. season my god um all right we've got to rattle through the rest I've got to get your take on the Bears Sunday Night Football Rams Bears as previously mentioned check out some deep dives on the Rams of me and Greg uh, uh, earlier on this week so let's talk about your beloved Chicago Bears Benedict Isaacs I <sighs> I also, in the same column, and I pushed that out on my social handle, Atanat Coombs, you want to go and read that uh, by the time you're listening to this? Yeah, it should be out. Uh, I describe the Bears starting with Andy Dalton over Justin Fields and the reaction it's had with the Bears faithful to the same kind of reaction that Glastonbury ticket holders would have if they announced the Jonas Brothers as headliners as opposed to Oasis as headliners. (laughs) Is that fair? Um, Yes. However, I would also throw another comparison at you. If you had... If you had a car and it was an absolute banger and the brakes didn't work, you probably wouldn't put your baby in it. Fair. And that's... That is how I feel about Justin Fields. The mm-hmm. offensive line is like a sieve. The offensive line wasn't good. And then it got worse in the offseason. And now Andy Dalton has to stand behind that and get hit constantly. Now, if there was a team you didn't want to have to face with a terrible offensive line, it would probably be the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald is going to be in Dalton's face the entire time. Now, I want to see Justin Fields play. He is good enough to start in the NFL. Do I want to see him get battered behind that offensive line? No, Mm. I do not. Now, it might be that Dalton gets knocked out of the game this week or another week, and you put Fields in because he's the number two, and maybe he lights it up. Maybe because he's so strong and mobile. I mean, I think people who haven't watched him will not understand like he's like a bigger Cam Newton. He's mm. he can do the things that Cam Newton does. I mean, he doesn't try to constantly make plays with his legs, but he can do that quite easily. He's faster than Cam Newton. He's physically stronger than Cam Newton and can throw the ball better than Cam Newton. Now, if you've got a player like that, then you're able to work around a weak offensive line. But I don't think the Bears mm. have got any faith in that offensive line. And also, Matt Nagy feels that part of the reason that Mahomes has been successful and Matt Nagy wants to claim a certain amount of that success mm. is because Mahomes sat in the first sure. season behind Alex Smith. Now, I think that did help Mahomes, but Andy Dalton is not Alex Smith. For it, number one, he's not as good as Alex Smith. And number two, Alex Smith had been at the Chiefs working with those coaches for years, whereas Andy Dalton had been in the building 
about as long as Justin Fields. Mm. So he doesn't he doesn't add that kind of like franchise leadership and continuity that Alex Smith did. I think the reason that Patrick Mahomes is as good as he is is because he's as good as he is. I don't think that one year is what made him great. It might have helped, but but it's not the it's not the key. It's not the key. So I would love to see him start. But I think he would get absolutely ruined by the Rams. It might affect him all season. Mm. He might be injured. And I'm happy for him to sit this one out because the Rams are going to win comfortably. I can see why um, this was picked as the Sunday night game, which is, of course, the marquee matchup in terms of TV ratings. It's the most watched sporting event each week in America. You've got Chicago, the third biggest city in America. Los Angeles, the second biggest city. But in terms of teams, I would love to tell you this is a game that is going to be a you know, a a tight one or the Bears can spring the upset. But I think this one is going to be over by about half time. But we might see Justin Fields in the fourth quarter. That's the only reason to stay up for this one. Well, that, of course, and uh, bringing this full circle, the new Sunday Night Football theme, which presumably (laughs) will be Carrie Underwood. Again, one of my favorite points of the season where that gets unveiled. I'm hoping, I hope they haven't binned off Carrie Underwood. Oh, I mean, devastating if they've done that. That would that would be a travesty. That would be a travesty, and we should all we'll have to write to our MPs. Uh, write to our MPs. Campaign. I'm hoping they retain the kind of cheesy. They like they wheel in the crew as well, don't they? So, so they have like Al and Chris get get a, get a couple of seconds of screen time yeah. there as well as the players. I love that. I hope they. I think it's even cheesy year on year. I think they should just keep pushing the boat. In contrast to ESPN, uh, again, speaking as a company man, obviously going down the hipster route by bringing Drake in or yeah. you know, the credible route there. Just NBC should just push the boat out and go. Yeah, NBC. Cheese. Yeah, exactly. They, NBC have no interest in trying to be cool mm. at all. They gave up on that a long time ago and just were like, look, we get the first pick of games. We can show what we want. We're going to have this. We've got Al and Chris. What more do you want? Yeah, exactly. um, you need any of that. And you know what? It's it's so far down that road that you are going to get some uber hipster Nathan Barley star DJ in a bar east of Dalston. More likely to drop the Sunday Night Football thing uh, than, than, than anything Drake's ever recorded. I, yeah, I, that's the case. I, 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 I swear I've been to like somewhere in Old Street and that's happened. That, <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. Now, we did get through every game on the slate. So you know what we're going to do here because uh, we're going to get out of Dodge now, but uh, Propo and I'll deal with those on Edge Rush. How about that? Um, that's no, no, no pressure all to try and find some angles on the Sam Darla revenge game that is the Jets, <laughs> Jets Panthers. I, but- you know, I cannot wait for that game. I can, I, uh, honestly, this is, this is the sort of thing that week one has thrown at us. Mm. Sam Darnold, you and I are on the same page with Sam Darnold. He's had a bit of a raw deal. We have mm. not seen his ceiling. Zach Wilson, I'm sure during the course of the year, I'll get to talk about him. We'll see if I'm proved right. In he's my- going to be MVP. Yeah, he's going to be MVP. It's everybody going to be MVP. Oh, Sam boy. Donald's going to unleash. If you think Aaron Rodgers is going to unleash, how Sam Donald's going <laughs> to bring it uh, against the Jets on Sunday. Cannot wait for that. I'm sure you guys out there cannot wait as well. It is great to be doing this show. Maybe my favorite show of this season because it is all getting underway and ben you've been brilliant company fantastic insight as ever look forward to getting your emojis better check style throughout the course of sunday look after yourself bub we'll be back next week we're dropping college days next week right we're gonna take yeah care of and, and you know what here's how crazy college football is there already has been a head coach pushed out who's who? who's got randy edsel of Yukon. I'm I'm wearing Randy's, Randy's I'm wearing a Yukon t-shirt just to celebrate the fact oh, that someone is Randy. You can say was he was he was he pushed or did he jump? But mm. here we are at the start of September. So Yukon have played two games and he is gone. And he was going to retire at the end of the season and someone had a word with him wow. and said, uh uh you're not getting off all year. <laughs> Time to so go. I, I love it. The, Randy. the oh. coaching the coaching carousel started already um, and just imagine in the NFL, someone someone getting pushed out after two games. It's just wild. Let's try to get Randy on next week's show if you can. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's he's not he's not busy. Honestly, let's let's reach out to him. Come on, that's a <laughs> let's get five minutes with Randy on next week's show, Ben. If you do that, yeah. book extra, it, book extra, it, Ollie. Let's let's do it. I mean, he's worked with Saban. He'll have some stories. 
Uh, at Tweets from Ben is how you follow the big man on Twitter. Make sure you do that. Brilliant insight, not just into the NFL, but as you probably gathered into college as well. And College Days is our show that we drop under the umbrella of the NC show. Uh, rolls out. So if you're subscribing to us on here, you'll still get that where we look at uh, college prospects that are going to be in the NFL next year. So particularly keying in on players you're going to be watching for your NFL team uh, potentially next year. You're watching in the NFL anyway next year, as well as the big college games and stories like the Randy one, which uh, <laughs> which we'll keep regaling you with. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We're dropping that all through the season. Ben, look after yourself, bud. Great work. Thank you. I'll look forward to seeing you on the other side. Brilliant stuff from Ben. Loving his work as ever. Would we expect anything less from one of the all-pro lineup? And they are coming thick and fast. Iron Mike dropping by Monday for a week one review. Great, great to catch up with Iron Mike. He is bound to have a lot to say about what is going to go down this weekend. And a lot of your favorites come in thick and fast through the season. We're going to be dropping at least three episodes a week. Bonus ones as well. Lots of extra content on our social channels at the NC Show, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We might even release some TikTok content at some point during this season. You never know. We're going to keep on building, keep on rolling. And it is great to have you with us for the ride. So keep getting in touch with us. Use the social channels, reach out, leave a review on wherever you listen to the podcast, all that good stuff. Because we read them all and we massively appreciate it. Particularly all Oli, Oli takes a really serious notice of the reviews, frames the good ones of which thankfully there are a number uh, and it puts him in a good mood so if nothing else put a smile on producer Oli's face we're back with Ed Rush speaking of propo dropping Saturday morning in your podcatcher of choice some more week one chat coming your way then we'll see you then bye follow baseball nuts join us on the Johnny and Josh show with my baseball brothers where JC will endeavor to offer some insightful analysis and my friend Eric Jansen will offer quirky baseball trivia but we also have david langell who will combine a high level of inappropriateness with a low level of analysis the johnny and josh show available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts sports social podcast network i'm victoria cash thanks for calling the lucky land hotline If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.